Today's topic is all about the nuances and the big differences between dismantlement and demolition when it comes to world-class investment recovery. If you'll pardon the pun, we're gonna dig in, move out, and then build up this subject throughout today's episode. You are listening to I Need This Gone Tomorrow, a podcast by Material Management Resources. MMR is a full-service investment recovery firm serving a variety of industries, including oil and gas and utilities. On this podcast, we talk all about responsible investment recovery, which is more than an afterthought. It can become a strategic advantage and differentiator if it's handled properly. This podcast is about how you and your company can leverage investment recovery in your projects. My guests today are Yako Simon and Stephen Williford. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. You bet. So to the untrained ear, hearing the words dismantlement or demolition might bring similar images to mind. Give us an overview. What is the difference between dismantlement and demolition? When you're going to dismantle, when you're looking at uh, the project and they want to dismantle something, you're going in there and you're you're picking the, the best fruit off the tree at that time. Mm-hmm. So you're going in there and you're going that piece, this piece, that piece, all that is your, that's your best fruit. Please, let's, let's take that off, move that to the side. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and tell them now you can use demo and you can, you know, go ahead, have fun. But with those, you need to take the finesse time to dismantle it. That way we can give you the max value from it. Whereas when uh, you go with uh, demolition, you start from point A and you can just m- move to point B. There's no, um, there's no stoppage in between because the decision was already made, whether it was because of budget or timing, that um, this is going to be a complete demolition. Or, you know, for example, the the thought uh, at, at the beginning of the project was that this needs to be a, a brownfield. The, the production of the gas or the processing of the gas has, has run its course and the, the facility, for example, is not profitable or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, operators decided that they're going to um, close this facility down and then resell it as a brownfield to where a different investor will come along and they'll repurpose the land. Or um, they may just decide that, you know, they're they're finished with this facility. It's, it's run for, you know, 60, 70 years and technology is old and um, inefficient and they're going to turn it into a greenfield where mm-hmm. they will go and demo from point A to B, uh, even go below grade dig out the piping, uh, however much the regulations dictate for them to do so, then get some of the native soil back and um, backfill it and mm-hmm. turn um, turn it hopefully back into a pasture where cows can graze or whatever they see fit what Mother Nature will do. Okay. So, Stephen, mm-hmm. when and how does a client approach you <laughs> when they have a project that they want your help with? Uh, usually they, uh, they call us... Uh, Fairly, fairly at the beginning of the project, mm-hmm. and when we get in there, they 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 kind of have a already uh, laid out plan for us, mm-hmm. and we we do the filler. So the things that they they're in the dark in is is okay. We know how to get the stuff offline. We know how to you know dismantle it. We know how to do all that. 
add to that, we don't know how to, you know, how does it, how do we push forward? How do we get it out? How does the stuff move? Mm-hmm. So that's where we come in and we, and we explain to them, you know, there's a process to everything. I would love to just come in and just take, you know, but everything doesn't fit like that, right? It's kind of like Jenga. You got to make it work and then work <laughs> with them. And then you have certain things of uh, what's your manpower like and what's your budget's like and all that kind of, it all just kind of just gels into the thing. But what they give us when we first get there, they say, hey, we have a project. It's going from, say, uh, four months. Within that four months, we're hauling this much tonnage of material out. Okay. And then they'll hand us a list. We'll mm-hmm. see the list. And then it's my job to take that list and refine it as best as I can for the the max uh, value for it. Mm-hmm. And then the best way to get it out safely for them at that time. And once we get all that, then we can, that's actually just the first stage right there. And then, then it kind of gives them an idea where they need to be of uh, how they're going to dismantle the stuff and how they're going to demo it. I want to talk about demolition for a second. So What's your top consideration when when a client calls you with a demolition project? What do you think about first? First question that comes to mind is uh, timing. Um, what uh, what is your timeline? Do you need this gone tomorrow? <laughs> do you need? Uh, do you have six months? Um, and then also, is it truly going to be a demo- demolition? Are you going to turn this uh, project into a brownfield or or greenfield, or uh, are you just the approach is going to be um, demoing everything and um, what MMR can assist with at that point in time is crap management. Or is there time or budget um, constraints that uh, prohibits us from turning this into a dismantlement project to where we could maximize the, the revenues of um, <clears throat> selling assets, selling mm-hmm. your pumps, selling your um, valves and vessels and, and so forth. And so there's a few questions that come to mind, you know, it, 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 but it all depends on what the client's um, needs are. Um, they usually have uh, the dismantlement demo scope planned out very well, but it's that refining, as Stephen said earlier, to um, what other constraints are there that we can help with to maximize mm-hmm. the return to the project. Because ultimately, <clears throat> Yes, the demo is quicker and you get your scrap return. But if you do a dismantlement and the cost doesn't increase exponentially, you get more revenue back into your budget. So if you had a budget of, um, um, say, a million dollars to do this demo and um, you're going to get $200,000 back in scrap, but with this... um, uh, with selling the assets and it didn't up your cost much more from the million dollars. And now you're getting 500 or $700,000 back. I mean, that's a big, that's a big win for the project in general. Um, and we've had projects to where, um, that has happened to where they, uh, wanted to just scrap everything and just mm-hmm. go through it and, and work the project and didn't take the consideration of demoing it. And we actually, um, saved them a lot of money and brought a lot, uh, reduce the cost of of um, their project AFE. So, what's AFE? Uh, AFE is a commonly used abbreviation um, that stands for authorization for expenditure, and what that boils down to is when they do their planning, um, they set a budget, and um, 
depending on uh, the scope of the work and other considerations, that's what they use for their planning purposes. Um, and just sometimes people are unfamiliar with the sale of assets. Uh, you know, the automatic thing is let's demo it. Mm -hmm. But if you just sit back a little bit, think about it, dismantlement uh, a lot of the times is a, is a, is a great option. Okay. Mm -hmm. When it's a demolition project, what kinds of things do you have to keep top of mind to make sure it comes off without a hitch? Stephen, I'd like to start with you. What, what, what are the <clears throat> things that you really keep in mind? What I'd like to do is the first thing I'd like to get out of the way is budget. Mm -hmm. So without budget, you don't have anything. And what they'd like to do is uh, give me – they'll – They'll have like a main budget. This is why they call us because obviously doing demo, you got people everywhere. You got machinery you got to pay for. We all set the cost for for that kind of deal. So once they tell me their budget, then I can try to tell them and see what assets they have to allocate and try to offset their cost on the machinery work or, you know, what crew they have working because they're going to work 24-7. I don't know if uh, – <clears throat> a lot of people know that whenever they're doing demos, it's not just, you know, nine to five, they're done at night. They're working too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's 24 seven right around the clock. And, um, that's one of the first things I like to get out of the way. That way I know what kind of budget they're setting. And then once you get that, then we want to go to logistics because logistics is going to fall in the budget. I'm going to have to tell them, this is what a truck will cost. This is what a, a driver is going to cost for 24-hour service if you need 24-hour service. Mm -hmm. And that all falls into the budget also and logistics at the same time. Because what it is is when, you've, when you're dealing with drivers, they can only drive a certain amount of hours through right. the whole week. Right? So you just can't have a guy just running 24 hours a day, Monday through Saturday. You know, there's no, just no way. It's not, it's not feasible for anybody, and it's unsafe. So that's one of the things we have to get with the uh, the different other companies and, and just find, you know, this guy's going to drive for till Wednesday. Then this guy's picking up from there. So and that's going like to cost. Sounds like a puzzle. Kind yeah. Of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you just kind of start piecing it together. So once you get the logistics and then the budgets, then you want to go to your controls. Controls are kind of a little slower as you get to it because <clears throat> on our end, we would like to just get the project started and going. But on the client's end, they have to, you know, it's a chain of command, just like anything else. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what we got. We give them a, a plan. This is what we have. They send it up the chain. Controls looks at it. Controls, either they like it or they don't. And they'll come back with their questions, and then we'll get it. Sometimes if we're way before it, we won't shut down the project at all. Sometimes you have to shut down the project just to get it, you know. It's just it's just the nature of the beast because everybody's busy. Everybody's doing something to find it. you just got to corral them all up basically so mm -hmm. and that's the the basically the controls of it to make sure everything's covered once and once that is then you can start doing um the actual physical work of mm -hmm. you know demo getting stuff out getting people moved around and things like that well and you guys do you guys help a client keep track of we need these controls to be able to take this next step yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Okay. We we give them what they need as far as this is what we need answered. Once we have this answered, this is uh this will be all the controls that you have to answer. We give that we try to do that at one deal so you're not hitting them with like, you know, right. 47 different questions. Everybody doesn't like that. I don't like that. I don't like mm -hmm. to be grilled continuously, continuously like can can you just do it in one time because I am a, you know, we're all busy. That's how it happens. But yeah, we we try to hit them with all the controls one time, one time only. Answer them, then we'll move on. But, mm -hmm. you know, they can answer questions. It's not a big deal. We love questions. That means we can uh, 
get to know you a little better. We get feedback off you, how you work. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you might run into him again and, you know, it'll hit off really quick because you know exactly how each of it right. works. Well, and what I like about what I hear you say here is that you're helping the client think ahead and giving them everything that they need, almost like a checklist at the inception of the project. And then that way it'll keep moving. And that's very important to them, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. The, the worst thing in the world when you got a demo or dismantlement is to stop process. You do not want to stop process because that's costing time. That's costing money. Mm-hmm. And you don't want, we want to offset your costs, not cost you. So. And to add to uh, Stephen's thought on the controls is um, for the most part, these aren't our controls. Um, it's the client's controls. Right. And what we try to do is is look at them, and then if there's something that we can add value to it, we'll add to their to their controls. Um, a lot of it, it's uh, you know the approval processes of getting the documentation mm-hmm. in, and mm-hmm. um, then at the kickoff of the meeting, safety is always number one concern, and so um, make sure everybody's safe and everybody goes home safe, and then safety goes into the regulations um, as far as. Can hot work permits be done, um, and can they? Uh, um, can they? What lines can they go shear at, and mm-hmm. um, just take everything in consideration as far as that. And um, Stephen in the downstream doesn't encounter as much as I do, but um, upstream they got to make sure the the equipment is norm free, which is uh, naturally occurring radioactive mm-hmm. material, and so um, just taking all of that into consideration with the project and getting a lot of that stuff as Stephen said done up front right and so again it's the the sooner we're involved the the more helpful i believe we can be as far as as returning Mm -hmm. your investment on your assets and so once you get all those um the understanding on the controls and the regulations and um you know find out what the budget is as Stephen said and logistics if you get all that planned up front it makes the, the process go so much smoother through the entirety of the project. Great. Let's explore dismantlement projects. What are the primary ways a client measures the success of a dismantlement project? I would say they would measure it in in three parts. One, safety is always number one. Um, Two, did it meet budget? And then three, timing. Was it done in time? And so those three... um, if you can hit all, you should hit all through. Well, let me rephrase it. You should hit safety for sure. Budget and timing is, is probably a moving target. But if you can hit all three, that, uh, in my opinion, would be a very, very successful project. Stephen, tell me about an unforeseen obstacle that came up during a dismantlement project. How did you handle it? <laughs> I was uh, working a demo project uh, for a client and we come across some transformers that we actually wanted to dismantle because we can sell them as surplus. Mm-hmm. And that went well. Everything perfect. They set them aside. We we got them sold. Well, while that's going on, of course, like I was telling you uh, earlier, the process is it, nothing's ever stopped moving. Uh, they're still doing demo over there, and they're using a machine called a shear. If you've never seen it, it's just basically giant scissors, and it's just cutting up metal. And sometimes they have pinch points and things like that. Well, the guy that was running it, he had a pinch point on a piece of three-inch pipe. When it did it, it actually shot out of the machine and went through one of my transformers, which caused, you know, a little ruckus, a little ruckus, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and uh, and a little bit of mess. We had a little bit of mess, but um, they called me and they said, you might want to come out here. We had damaged one of the transformers. I had no idea what they meant by damage. I was thinking, okay, they might have backed up into it. <laughs> I got there and the pipe was actually through it. So when I see all the oil, I'm like, okay, this is not what I was expecting, but it's not something we cannot handle. Mm-hmm. So what we did, we had to get the hazmat team. We got it all cleaned up. I had to contact the buyer because we had already had the uh, transformer sold. Mm-hmm. And when we contacted the buyer, we asked him, are you still interested? Unfortunately, he said, no, I don't want the one that got the, the pipe through it, which we understood. But we still was managed to scrap that out and sell one. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it was a problem that suddenly happened, but it wasn't nothing that we couldn't un- uh, unfix or unhandle. Things happen like that out in the plant because... That's what it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a moving monster out there. So, <laughs> and then you just never know. You got to plan for everything. I think the victory in this one for MMR was uh, after all said and done, everybody was everybody uh, went home safely, uh, no incidents. Uh, the environmental um, concern was taken care of properly, and then at the end of the day, even though we lost a sale per se, it was still salvaged via um, recycling. Mm-hmm. I had a project as well um, where we ran into um, an unforeseen um, part of the project to where they had a sulfur recovery unit as part of this gas plant. And they had some uh, higher dollar alloys in there because um, you were working with molten sulfur. sulfur. And um, when the plant was shut down, it wasn't completely flushed of all the, the sulfur they had. You, the, the sulfur were recovering the unit, and it was uh, sent down the pipeline to uh, there in the facility to a um, loading dock. Truck would back in, sulfur would be offloaded in there, truck would go on. And so one of the obstacles that we had to overcome was um, getting the sulfur out of um, the equipment and out of the piping so that mm-hmm. it could be recycled. And so very primitive almost is the solution was is to build a containment area to where the sulfur could um, be handled properly and disposed mm-hmm. of according to the, the regular regulatory uh, standards. But um, it was as simple as the guys taking the shear and just tapping it, and the sulfur would <laughs> luckily just break loose and it'll slide out, and you had your containment area, and there was no contamination in the rest of the facility. It was just isolated to that. They could knock out the sulfur and uh, had a bin right there to um, put their stainless and um, uh, carbon steel stuff still because uh, there was some carbon steel in this facility. So they were able to, um, what was seen as a potential for not being able to recycle the the metal, they were able to overcome that and mm-hmm. um, had two plants that, that worked out real well. What are the biggest opportunities you see for clients when they're thinking through dismantlement and demolition? Um, the biggest opportunity, I think, um, I touched on a little bit on um, <clears throat> earlier questions, was seeing the uh, the the fruit on the tree, basically the uh, you know that that right there. Instead of just uh, demo it and getting rid of the scrap, that's actually worth a lot of money if you would take the time to just do a little TLC to it and pull it down and not just scrap mm-hmm. it all the way. And because I understand what they're going, they're looking at it. They're like, Hey, I'm out here. I've got pressure. I got to get this done. I need to move. They're not really looking for, you know, 
different assets in in what they're demoing for the max value. And that's why we're there because we're a different set of eyes. You know, we go out there, they're, they're just looking at it like it's all junk. We look at it like, no, we can sell that. We can sell that piece. We can definitely do something with this piece. And that kind of changes their way of thinking. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, talk to us. How what It would cost us this much. How much can you get for it? And that's how we, we kind of, well, if you take out this, I know it's going to cost you, you know, say three grand in, in this, but we can get you eight. And that's the difference between the dismantlement. And that's okay. what we see. So when we go out there, we're actually looking for potential. Hey, before we scrap all this stuff, let's look at what we got. Because if you just scrap it, I mean, you, yes, you're going to make money, but you're not going to get, you know, that fine squeeze. Let me let me take all that you have in this little group of stuff that you have. Or it could be a massive group of stuff. Let me let me get all the juice out of that before you just run through it. Yako, thinking about a time when you thought, man, this project would have gone so much better if only the client had blank. Fill in the blank for me. The most uh, common one for us would be is if they had uh, contact us sooner. So mm. the sooner we get involved in a project, um, the better we can plan for it. Um, going back to, you know, if uh, they just started demoing uh, the whole facility and you look at, man, did y'all demo that and, and recycle that um, vessel? Well, we could have sold it. Um yeah, so there's some opportunities lost there. And so for the most part for us, it would be um, the sooner we get involved, the better we can plan for it. And, you know, as I said earlier, the more planning you have up front, the smoother, theoretically, the project will go. The rest so of the project. Um, that for us is, is, is the main thing. The sooner we can get involved, the more advantageous we found in the past that it's been. Okay. Let me take a shot at summarizing what we've talked about today. Whether you are doing a demo or dismantlement, always take into consideration safety, timing, client controls, budget, logistics, and regulations. Take the time to evaluate your assets and discover whether there's really more value in surplus sales versus recycling. And before you get started on either demolition or dismantlement, Make sure you have a game plan. Let MMR help you consider all of your options. We want to thank our guests, Stephen and Yako, for sharing their time and expertise with us today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Great. Now, to learn more about material management resources and how we can help you responsibly handle surplus materials, visit us online at materialmg.com.